When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Hello, hello. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. Not too bad here. It, uh, it started snowing yesterday out in Portland. So, you know, it's a little, hopefully it's getting, happening. Getting, <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. I, I teach in a school district that, clo- that, uh, that has two different sides, one in a very heavily snowy and icy area and one in a not so heavily snowy icy. And unfortunately, I'm in the not so heavily snowy and icy. So, <laughs> oh, well, but, you know, it is, it is what it is. Yeah, it, it is was... what it is. <laughs> My brother lives in Seattle and has been reporting also that this is sort of a shock to the system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's starting. We uh, we've had we've, we've lucked out a couple of years where at least it's a little later in the year, but uh, yep. or, or, I guess early into next year. But you know, yes, but, uh, it's all right. We'll uh, we'll just sit by the fire and uh, deal <laughs> with it. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> so thank you so much for hopping on TPQ20 with me today. Uh, we you. always like to start things off by saying, you know, we know who you are, but our audience might be new to you. So if you were to kind of give the bio that, you know, wouldn't be found on the back of a book or that your publicist wouldn't have, who would you say you are? I am a a person who is obsessed with poetry as a way of thinking about what language um, does over time, I guess I'd say. I'm a poet and translator and I spend most of my time translating, that's sort of become (laughs) the thing I do most, Um, but definitely increasingly thinking about poetry across languages um, as as a way to study what happens when language moves more slowly than we're used to. Um, And as someone who has, I was born in the States, grew up in the States, I have lived in Mexico for about 11 years now, and I'm also just really interested in the way that sort of we learn to to take language into our bodies and sort of um, to, to figure out what our language is based on who we're speaking with and how the context around us changes. Um, yeah, I like thinking about all that stuff. <laughs> I love that. And it gives us a lot to, a lot to kind of dive into. I like that idea of, uh, you know, poetry question. We've always had this kind of, uh, you know, the, how will you poetry today has been, our, has been our question forever because mm-hmm. that idea that, that poetry is a verb. And I like that you said, you know, language, what it does to our bodies, because I feel like at times language really is a physical act. Yeah. Um, and I, and I like that. Uh, and, and so that kind of, with that said, um, what is the, your favorite language workout uh, when it comes to the idea of translation or uh, writing your own material? Mm. Um, is there like a go-to, is there a go-to prompt that you like to start with? Is there a, is there a book that you start reading before you can kind of get into the mm. right headspace? 
Uh, how do you get there? I, I have a couple things come to mind, maybe three actually. One is just, um, I really love lists as kind of a generative, not even just exercise, but I think what some of what I love about poetry is just how it flings things together that don't necessarily have anything to do with each other. Right. Um, and so something about the kind of the freedom of, of association um, of, of, of listing is something I find very reassuring as an entry point. Um, another thing is just listening to people talk. I think being in a coffee shop or riding a bus, um, just the sort of richness of spoken language is something I find really exciting and, and a sort of r reminder of, of how um, it's just being used all the time. It's this physical thing, as you right. said, um, and we're all steeped in it. Um, and then there's a poet recently I've been turning to sometimes when I feel like I need a kind of electrical jolt, <laughs> and it's um, Jean Valentine, oh, um, okay. who has something so mysterious and strange and freeing and free um, that I find that very helpful to return to. Ah, I love that. Okay, so let's dive into this whole world of translation. Uh, I, I was talking to Miriam Rosenthal uh, a couple of weeks ago about, about translation and um, kind of the idea that uh, you have to make translations your own. Um, so I'll ask you the same question. Uh, when it comes to the world of translations, how honest are you? Hmm. That's an interesting way to put it. I think there's a lot of there's so many of these very kind of morally charged words used around translation, aren't there? You know, honesty and fidelity, yes. faithfulness and loyalty, um, which I find really interesting and, and, you know, and not unimportant. Of course, it's mm -hmm. important. And I think about translation as ideally it's an honest conversation for me. Yes. It's not necessarily an act of, I don't really approach it in the sense of ownership. I would rather not think of it that way. Mm. Um, but I do think of it as approaching something that already exists, um, that somebody else has made, um, and that somebody else has made out of both the context and the influences um, and the communities that they write in, trying to pay attention to those things, to understand them as best I can, um, and to converse with them um, as respectfully as I possibly can, mm. which involves also being in contact with my influences and with my context and my community and my, you know, the warpings and transformations of my own language. Um, so for me, it's not about either, you know, it's not a sort of one-to-one -one correspondence by which, you know, if I've checked all the boxes, it means I've done an honest job. It's it's more about this sense of, of due diligence and of curiosity and mm. homework and expansiveness and, and a conversation that may or may not involve the author directly. Sometimes it does, which I love, um, but often about just this sense of how how to be a good, a, a good and honest and present conversationalist with them. I like that. So, so the, so I came in, so I've always loved, I, been an avid reader of poetry for you know my whole life at this point and I studied poetry in college and and I always read translations um, mm. but never really until until the last couple of years never really started thinking about you know the the wording of the translations and then the other side of the honesty question is you know you're also trying to make this I mean you are making this your own piece mm -hmm. and so so do you feel that as long as the outcome is the same, the information inside or the, the, 
you know the the wording itself and the translation can maybe get there in a different angle uh i guess do you find like do you find your maybe what i'm asking is do you find yourself in these pieces um as long as the outcome is what maybe the uh the original author was hmm. in your mind which is so subjective i guess this is all really subjective it is, but I think that's part of what's so interesting about your question is that, I mean, yeah. you're asking a question about translation, but you're also asking a question about poetry, I think, yeah. which is that, you know, a, a poem for me is sort of, the, you know, the, it's, it's a thing that happens, um, and there are many ways to interpret how it does that, but the study right. of a poem, I think, is how it does that. You know, how, how did it do, how did they do that? <laughs> sort of the, yeah. um, and so for me, you know, the, 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 the challenge of translation um, is is that the translation has to do has to do as well? You know, it's it's not just about sort of replicating somehow, which is also impossible. Right. Um, what it says, um, but you know, I I think all the time at every level about the how, and I think there's this wonderful translator, mostly of prose, named Kate Briggs, who has a fantastic book about translation called This Little Art, and she mm. talks about translation as a sort of as a practice of the relationship between parts and wholes. Um, oh, in the sense like that. that, you know, you're thinking about what, you know, just in the case of a poem, what a poem does, which is also subjective. I mean, people can have many different experiences of, of what a poem does. But I am trying to pay very, very close attention to every single piece of what happens on the level of texture, of imagery, of line breaks, of, of, of register, whether it's a sort of a formal or a casual register, how humor enters in. Um, all of these things that happen when you write a poem as you're thinking about the effects of the little parts and how they engage with each other. Um, so I'm never going to want to come to a poem I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna just put something in there, you know, that, because I because I like it better. You know, I, I really am studying what is there, um, but there's a sense of of attention not just to the original poem and my translation, but also what are the resources available in the in Spanish, which is the language I translate from. What are the resources available to me in English? How are those resources different? Um, and so trying to think about sort of kindred ways of making those things happen, you know, whether it's an emotional tone, whether it's a turn of phrase, an image, a joke, a, a wordplay, it may not be the sort of, you know, an, an, and I think also we sort of fall into these, myself included, into these pitfalls and thinking about, you know, identical, as if there is any right. identical word to any other word, um, but just thinking about um, how are the ways that I can I can make something happen um, in 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 a way that corresponds to that interacts with um, how the original poem makes it happen. And of course, there's an act of. Um, it, I like to think of it in terms of music, not in the, in the sense of poetry is music, but in the sense that the translator is like a cover artist. Um, that you know when a cover works, you know, because it is in touch with this original song that you love and that, you know, but it's come to life in a different way and right. it changes and a good cover does change. That's the point. And I think I, I often wish we could talk about translation more in those terms as, as sort of the point is its transformation to in contact with the original. I like that. I mean, there's nothing like there is nothing like a good like a good remix does a lot of <laughs> new life into a song. And I think that's yeah. that's a, it is a really good way to look at it. That idea of a cover song and that idea that, you know, I mean, I, I've been playing a lot of music out here for the last couple of decades. And that idea when I go mm. to, to play something, if I don't have that emotional connection to it or find a way to make it sort of my own thing, then then it's really flat and, and kind of yeah. lifeless. And 
and it's it's interesting i guess over the years like you hear um you know, like one of my favorite songs is Tennessee Whiskey, but you go mm-hmm. back and you hear like, you know, a 1970s George, you know, George Jones version of it versus the 2020, you know, Chris Stapleton version of it. Yeah. You you still get the same. There's an emotion there, but it's such a drastically different uh, feeling and energy yep. about it. So, yeah, I, I like I like that. I like that that feeling a lot. Now, you did say something before that you sometimes do get to work with the poets that you're translating. So um, what are those, uh, what are those conversations like, I guess, uh, you know, the idea of agreement is tricky, but um, what are those conversations like when you're sitting down with somebody whose work you're translating um, and talking about what you see in the piece and what they see in the piece? uh, How do those conversations typically Mm -hmm. go? Are they, are they like eggshell type conversations at times, or do you feel like you can be fairly, are people fairly open to your ideas? They're usually not eggshell conversations, which has been just such a, a you know, a, a, it's just a great pleasure to have it feel like such an open conversation. I would say also in my experience, which has, you know, it's changed over time, but often I have ended up translating poets either that I that I know personally already or where there is some sort of bond through somebody else or through some other context where there's already a, a conversation that's in place in some sense. Um, and usually what I do is that, you know, I'll, I'll approach a poet, whether I know them personally or not, and just sort of express my admiration for their work, interest in translating it, um, and get their sort of first go ahead. Um, and then I'll work in a pretty solitary way for a while. You know, I often like to have not even just a first draft, but you know, several drafts in of a full translation, whether it's a poem or a collection of poems, where I feel that I've gotten to a point where it's certainly not done, but it's sort of standing on its own two feet. I know what my questions are. I know where I don't feel secure. I know where I, what I feel pretty good about. And then I am ready to come to them with pretty specific questions about all of those things and also kind of opening the door just to hear what they think of it, you know, which is always, you know, scary in the way that we know when you admire someone, you show them something that's close to their heart and it's also connected to them. It's also theirs, you know? Um, And, and so that's really where the more, the most of the back and forth happens um, in the case of poets who want to be involved with the process and who are familiar or are comfortable reading and speaking about the English language too. That's Um, That is an interesting thing that there would be some poets who don't want to be involved in their translations. That's been really rare for me. And I think it's often when there isn't, you know, I think also like I've translated a lot of poets who are sort of around, we've been kind of coming up together sort of, you know, we're similar ages. We've we've kind of been figuring things out together or more or less at the same time. And so there's the sense also of excitement about getting to collaborate. And I think often with, um, you know, I'm thinking about friends who have translated often into Spanish, very, very canonical or not canonical, but just sort of very, very heavily established mm-hmm. older poets who maybe just don't have the time or the headspace. So they're just not, you know, they're not in the in that particular zone in the same way. Um, but it is um, I find it really gratifying to get to because I think translation in itself, it, it is by nature a collaboration. Right. And so getting to actually have that happen in real time and to get to puzzle things out together um, is really exciting. I really enjoy it. Have you ever gotten to this is a, a very curious question to me lately as I've been kind of getting more and more into translations. Have you ever given a reading with a person for whom you've translated? I have, yeah, many times actually. That's it. Sounds like such a. I mean, it, it seems like that would be a 
that might be a more common thing than I would think. And that maybe that's, it's silly to think it's not, but that sounds like such a fun idea to have, to have the two poets in the room and have that conversation. Uh, it's really the, fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, who, who are, before we kind of move over to kind of your own, your own space and work, who have been your favorite poets to work with uh, and to translate? What, what do you, what do you truly love? I know you've got mm. one, you've got one book coming up pretty quickly here. Uh, or out now salt crystals is out mm -hmm. uh, as a translation so obviously that's kind of fresh and fresh in your mind but who have been kind of the fun ones for you to translate and work with there are oh, so there are a, love, a bunch I would love to name salt crystals I really enjoyed which is a, a novel in this case um, by a Colombian writer named Cristina Bendik um, but thinking about poetry specifically one just because it's been such an important part of sort of my my kind of training as a translator and 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 a really important friendship um throughout everything okay yeah i apologize for that i heard my car alarm going off I oh no I, I, my key was in my pocket and i clicked it by accident so i apologize, oh, no. I apologize <laughs> if i had a very perplexed look no my worries <laughs> sorry about anyway <laughs> gotta no yeah gotta make sure <laughs> Now I forgot. <laughs> 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 the love, of, poets, the love of editing. There we go. Poets. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, if I could just, if you, so this will be edited. Yes, oh, be, okay. always, always. I also may, I hope this doesn't happen, but I may, there may be a buzzer that rings and I may have to go. I desperately <laughs> hope it doesn't, but just want to let you That's know. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> so poets that you really have loved working with that you have translated, that you've worked with as a translator. Uh, who gets you? Who does get you excited? Who who has been a lot of fun to work with? Um, one sort of collaboration on both sides of of poet translator that has been just a really important translatorly relationship for me is an Argentine poet named Ezequiel Seidenberg, who was my teacher when I was in college. I took a uh, translation class with him in, in Argentina, and we became good friends and started translating each other's work. Um, and oh, we, that's you know, awesome. That was many years ago now, and so he's translated a couple books of mine, I've translated a couple books of his, um, and you know, working on new things um, currently of his, which are sort of very wonderfully consonant kind of wordplay dense poems that haven't come out in Spanish yet. Um, but it's been, you know, a really transformative um, connection for me in both learning a lot about translation from him and then getting also to kind of accompany each other as both poets and, and, and translators. Um, so I would say him for sure. Um, Another book that came out this past year is by a Mexican poet named Maricela Guerrero, and it's a book called The Dream of Every Cell that came out with Cardboard House Press. Um, and it's a, a, just a really, it's a, it's, a, it's a book that sort of both has to do with, with protest against the many atrocities we live surrounded by, ecological collapse, um, the ravages of capitalism, um, but it's also a book of great joy and generosity and compassion and curiosity. Um, and one of the books that, while translating it, which you know was largely during the first year of the pandemic, just brought me a great deal of solace at a time when I was struggling to write myself. Um, and so I guess I would just say that also that 
um, among the many things I love about translating poetry is often the sense of in the fallow periods, which I have a lot of, um, just the sense of feeling connected to language, to getting to marvel at what other people are doing with it, um, and, to, and to participate in that in a, in a different sort of quieter way. Ah, I love that. Um, and then to kind of shift to your own work, uh, how, how easy is it for you or is it easy for you to compartmentalize? Do you have to compartmentalize sort of, you know, your own personal projects versus kind of the, the headspace you allow for translations? Yeah. How, how good are you at separating those things? And are you someone who has to focus on a project at a time or do you write kind of at large? Mm -hmm. It's this is such a kind of wishy-washy translatory thing to say, but it's both. You know, I think both good and very bad. Right. <laughs> um, in that, um, I feel genuinely nourished all the time as a poet by the poets I'm translating, and I often feel myself being kind of fueled and and rearranged by what I'm translating in my own language and my own work as a poet in ways that I'm not always conscious of exactly what they are at the time, but I can feel that happening. Um, and I and I believe that it's true, but I think what the the part that I find really difficult to compartmentalize is simply just time. Um, and that I make my living as a translator certainly not as a translator of poetry because we know how that goes in the poetry world. <laughs> um, but I'm usually translating you know five or six different things at the same time, um, and that's then that's the day pretty much. Right. Um, and so I do struggle to carve out time and headspace for my own work. Um, often when I'm you know, done with a, a day or a week of translating, I don't want to sit down and write. I want to watch a movie or take a walk or, you know. Um, and so I do find that, and it's easier for me somehow to say, to put my own writing, I think, on hold, to put it on pause yeah. um, and to continue to say yes to more translation projects. And so that's something I'm trying to work on balance-wise is sometimes just recognizing that writing for me is a really immersive experience and I think the kind of the flailing that I need to do mm. as a poet that takes time and space too you know you need time not just to write but to think about what the hell you're mm. writing um <laughs> so I'm I'm working on that that's the struggle for me do you do you find that when you do get into your own work um do the at least themes and you know other worlds of the other poets kind of filter into your work or are you able to at least separate those? They do f filter in sometimes. I mean, I think I have my own sort of quests and hang-ups and right. things that I know are running through <laughs> me, whatever else I'm doing. Um, but I think for me, translation is also just this constant exposure, um, just the reminder that there's always different ways to do things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think either on just a, a syntactical level or a structural level, just in, you know, sometimes when I feel kind of, I don't know, sometimes when I come back to writing after a long time of mostly translating my own sort of lexicon feels weirder to me. Mm. Um, and I think some of that is just the experience of, of, of being being immersed in language is this physical thing that you use and that, you know, in translation, you're having to think about in a slightly more clinical way sometimes. Right. Um, and so something about that strangeness is actually very liberating to me because mm. um, I think there's often a lot of pressure. We talk about these things in poetry, like your voice and your style. And 
who knows what those things are and how <laughs> how they happen you know i think you know it's it's interesting to think about how we get them <laughs> yeah oh yeah um yeah and how they can change so i think for me translation helps me remember when i write again that it can keep changing that it always keeps changing do you ever find do you translate your own work and how are I those covers how are oh is there do you i guess why why do you choose um, not to translate your own work because i don't write in my second language and i don't translate other people's work into spanish and i think there's something like i i'm a you know i live a bilingual life um I have entire friendships, relationships, parts of my day that are happen entirely in Spanish, and I feel very comfortable there. Right. But it's a different kind of it's a different kind of intimacy than, than what I have in English, and that's still the language that I that I write in. And so it would feel um, at this point, it's not something I've done or really wanted to do. I think also in living, you know, most of most of the time, most of, of the day in, in the Spanish, world of it's also yeah, and and of and of just living in Spanish. Um, there's a great pleasure and reconnection in, in writing in English. And I also really enjoy, I mean, in, in thinking about this friend, for instance, Ezequiel, who's translated me and I've translated him. I like going back and forth and I think he's the best translator. And, and it's, you know, I, and I just am so excited always to see what he's done. He'll just do it better. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But it, has, it must be nice, you know, as, as a poet, it must be nice seeing your words come to life for somebody else in a different language and in a different space that has to feel very, I mean, like you say, going back to a cover song, you know, the, you know, the original artist sitting down and, and kind of watching the, this new person play their words and work back. Yeah. To them. It's, it's a, amazing and very weird. And, um, and, and then there's this sort of other layer that happens for me in that, when I, you know, in, in going about my day-to-day -day life in Mexico, and if I take part in a reading there, um, I will usually read in both English and Spanish. Mm -hmm. And when I read in Spanish, I'm reading somebody else's translation. And so it's as if I'm covering their cover. And oh. it's it's my poem, but it's their poem. And it's, you know, it's in my voice, which will have a little bit, you know, have my accent, not their accent. Um, and But it's a way to share somebody else's work too. Um, and yeah. so there are layers both of, you know, of distance, but also of, of a different kind of closeness. Um, it's pretty trippy sometimes. <laughs> I like that. So as we kind of shift toward the end here, who are the poets out there right now? And you've mentioned some already, but who are the poets that you're really excited about? And then what is coming up next for you that we can keep our eyes out for? Thanks for asking. Um, I, I've been reading in a sort of, you know, like a honeybee sort of way lately, just kind of wandering around. <laughs> but I am so, so excited about Diane Seuss, um, oh, yes. who is just, Oh, she just lights a fire under me every time. Just sort of, how does she do? I don't know. I just think she's astonishing. Um, and both as a poet and recently as an essayist, I've been reading um, Kaveh Akbar mm. um, and just read this totally extraordinary essay of his that I think is an introduction to an mm. anthology of ancient spiritual poetry. And it's oh, just wow. a breathtaking essay about sort of poetry in the spiritual mode, but also language and translation. Um, it's amazing. Um, and I mentioned, I also, yeah, I mentioned Jean Valentine. Um, I've also, I guess this is kind of connected to Diane Seuss too, but I really love, I keep going back to Terence Hayes's oh, yeah. sonnets from my past and future, American sonnets from my past, yeah, assassin. Sorry, I totally amazing, pushed the title. Amazing. It's all right, um, amazing. 
and just the sense of what can everything that can happen with and in and around and in spite of the sonnet um, is just thrilling to me. Um, and what else? As far as things that are coming up, um, one thing that I'm really excited about is working on a series of essays about translating poetry specifically, oh. um, which is a project that's still very much in the works, um, but um, has been a, just a really new kind of writing for me and a, and a new way of thinking about, about translation and about I think we're in a moment where translation as an art form is being talked about more and more, which is thrilling to me and long overdue. Um, but a lot of the, the books and conversations that I think come to the surface most broadly are about fiction translation or about prose in general. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's something I'm working on that, that I hope sounds, someday we'll finish. <laughs> that sounds really good. That sounds like exactly something I would want to read these days. So I, I, I will <laughs> very much be looking forward to that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me today on TPQ20. Thank and, uh, you. Yeah, this was an absolute pleasure. And I, uh, I really look forward to sending more people your direction and seeing what comes up next from you. So thank I you so much. I appreciate it so much. It's been such fun to talk to you. Thank you. Ah, thank you. Have a great rest of your evening. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye, -bye. Thank you for listening to the Poetry Questions TPQ20. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week.